Welcome to the Feeding and Leading Podcast, featuring Todd Fisher and Andy Taylor, a podcast for church leaders focusing on expository preaching, pastoral leadership, and ministry. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Feeding and Leading. Uh, My name is Todd Fisher. I'm the Executive Director of Oklahoma Baptist, joined, as always, on this podcast by my friend, Andy Taylor. Andy, how goes it? It is going. It is going. I think we have a, a, a very important topic to talk about today because there's so much pastoral ministry that's involved in uh, conducting funerals. Mm-hmm. And it's such a key point in which, let's face it, as a pastor, uh, there are opportunities uh, to do ministry uh, that are kind of unlike any other opportunities, and and doing a funeral mm-hmm. is uh, is just so key, not only for the family, but also for your entire congregation. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about funeral sermons today. Yeah, and so we're going to limit it to just the funeral sermon. We're not going to talk about visiting yeah. with the family and no, all the things that yeah, build no up to that, and all the me- the no. mechanics of that. I I, I think um, just about every pastor would agree with what you just said that. Some of the greatest opportunities for ministry come when you're preaching a funeral because Mm -hmm. of the gospel you get to share to people that are lost, Mm -hmm. that are there at the funeral, the ministry you get to do for the people in your church. Yeah. You know, so many times pastors don't really become the pastor until they've gotten a few funerals under the belt. That's right. And, uh, you know, and the pastoral ministry of visiting and planning and all that goes with it. Yeah. But, boy, preaching that funeral and doing a good job at the funeral sermon um, is important. I, I think there's a little bit of an art to a funeral sermon. What, what would you? What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't think there's any question that there is. I would tell you that uh, I think that I hold the record for the number of funerals done in a single year. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I did 385 in one year. In one year. But and that, that that's because it was my full time job. I worked at Arlington National Cemetery. When you were a chaplain for the U.S. Army at Arlington, correct? Yes. Yeah. So you did how many funerals? 385. Again? I averaged four per working day. Because, Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, there is an art to it. Yeah. There's an art to um, incorporating what is personal in, a, in, in the deceased's life and, and yet being very biblical, being very gospel-driven, uh, bringing hope and yet reality at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's uh, – it, it is a good exercise – uh, not only in in um, sermonic work, if you will, but I think the funeral sermon uniquely stretches us into the practical application and knowledge of people's lives uh, as we're you know sharing the most important news at this key the one of the most key junctures in a family's life. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about what makes a good funeral sermon. I think a good funeral sermon has two major components, the eulogy, the personal part of it, like you just said, yeah. and the message, the gospel-centered, gospel-focused message. Mm-hmm. I know when I preached a funeral, I always, I usually almost always did a funeral in a hat, in, in two halves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first half 
was always the eulogy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I visited with the family. I said, tell me the key. Tell me what this person loved. Tell, you know, and if it was somebody I knew, I didn't need a lot of help on that. You know, I just speak from my experience of knowing the person. Mm-hmm. But eulogizing the person. And then I would segue into the message. I would read scripture. I would always share the gospel. Um, mm-hmm. and, and a funeral sermon... I don't. I don't think a funeral sermon needs to be like this, tightened up exposition of scripture, like we would preach on Sunday morning. Correct. It needs to be rooted in scripture. Yes. In fact, I've done a lot of funerals where it kind of was a little bit of an exposition of, uh, you know, hey, in this passage, John fourteen one to six, uh, the, yeah. these two verses, it talks about the this of this, and these two verses that yep. I've right. done that before. Mm-hmm. Um, let Let me just say. The worst funerals that I've ever attended were the ones, in my opinion, that never shared the gospel. Yeah. They, ne- they never gave any hope. Yeah. You know, uh, thinking about being in a mission trip one time and and just on mission trip as a pastor, if I'm in another country on mission trips, one of the things that intrigues me is what does that culture do about death? How, yeah. how do they do funerals? Mm-hmm. And one thing that's always just struck me was um, just the the lack of hope. I think it was Paul Powell and one of you – know, Paul Powell's got these little funeral books. sermon yeah. books. Paul Powell in one of those books talks about being in a culture like that, and, and I don't remember what the religion was or the culture, but – that they had the they had the deceased on a funeral bier, and they were walking this person this body through the street, and they were waving these huge fans yeah. behind, and, right. and he said there was writing on the fans, and he asked the guy with him, "What does those What do those fans say? What does the writing say on the fans?" And one of them said, um, uh, "You know, um, gone, never to return." Another one said, "Asleep, never to awaken." But he said the one that hit him the most was a fan. That on the words on the fan, it just said, "No hope." Yeah, and so those are the worst. I think the next worst ones are when I go to a funeral and there's nothing personal about the yeah, deceased. Right. Yeah. You know, guy gets up there and just kind of preaches a sermon and never hardly says anything about the deceased. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that ministers to the family. I don't think that remembers well the deceased. So to me, good funeral sermons have these two major components. Um, I'm speaking personally about the deceased. I am sharing scripture and sharing the gospel. Yeah, I com- I completely agree with that. Um, I think I think because of my experience at Arlington, I probably do it just a little bit different. Uh, the way I do funerals most of the time is it is an exposition, and the personal is blended throughout the serve uh, throughout that mm-hmm. exposition. So it would not look like eulogy. Right, and then and then turned it. Now the reason why is because of my time at Arlington. Uh, we had seven minutes for wow. each, for each service. So seven minutes that I had to do, um, you know, to talk personally about the person. Well, I wow. also would would meet the family for the very first time, meet them face to face about an hour before. Wow. Um, so you you learn how to uh, take in information very quickly. But I would also say it's also why I I always wanted to have a couple of sermon shells. And I think that this is mm-hmm. a good practice for pastors is uh, you need to develop a few what I would call sermon 
funeral sermon yep. shells. Yep. So and use familiar passages, the twenty third mm-hmm. Psalm, mm-hmm. John fourteen. Almost right. everybody, even if they don't go to church, they've heard right. those words right. before. Right. They they know something like that. Um, and then what you do is you. You, you you learn how to, in, in the midst of that, I think the 23rd Psalm, it's really pretty easy to do this once you've done it a few times, is to take the, the things that you've gained, that you've learned from the family or things that you know about this person personally, and, and be able to uh, kind of tell their story as you're walking through that scripture, and, and then along the way, being able to give good gospel hope to it. We probably need to talk about some cautions Mm -hmm. to this. I think one thing that's important in funerals, very pragmatic speaking here, funeral sermons need to be brief. Yes. Um, And just to really peel it back and be transparent here, really hard, tragic funeral sermons Man, don't get up there and preach forty-five minutes or an hour. Yes. It, it is hard for people. Babies, uh, suicide. You, you need to be brief, succinct. I always shot for my funeral message, you know, to to be somewhere around fifteen twenty minutes. Yes. Now, sometimes there was some exceptions there. Yep. Um, somebody I knew really well, somebody that was. Um, very well known, well known in the in church, community. yeah, yeah, and uh, based on who the person was, sometimes man, it's not, you know, the, the, he would want me to get up there and preach, preach some some a yeah. good fiery message. In general, I think they need to be brief, fifteen twenty minutes. I, uh, I would say it, if it's brief, fifteen twenty minutes in the church. Mm-hmm. If you're doing a graveside, it needs to be even, even shorter. More brief. I agree. Yeah, and to me, I think inside the church, the funeral. Um, in my experience, I think funerals that go over an hour start getting a little wearisome. Yeah, and and you, if you keep your message brief, you can help keep it within that hour. Once you add music and the whole kind of thing. Um, another thing that I would say, Andy, about just some kind of caution, some pragmatic things about funerals is um, be be appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard some pastors say some things about the deceased, and and he thinks it's kind of funny or whatever. But uh, wow, and and sometimes the family is going to tell you stories, and yeah. you got to have some common sense to know. I should not repeat that story in church. And sometimes you have to tell the family. I don't think that's a good idea. And sometimes you got to tell the family that that's <laughs> that's a funny story. That's I'm, for you. But I don't. I don't think. And I guess what I'm trying to say here is, I think the funeral needs to be a dignified yeah. event. Yeah. And sometimes we can maybe tell a story or say a few things that are a little too crass. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes you know. I, I I don't think it is in some contexts of a funeral to 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 do some humor. Yeah. Not like you're telling a joke, yeah. But you're telling something funny that the deceased said, yeah. or something funny that happened to the deceased, and you would obviously not do that in a very, very yeah. painful, tragic, right. you know, crisis kind of funeral. But, but if you're going to use that, you need to be careful that you don't bridge over into the realm of just levity 
and taking the seriousness off That's of right. it. That's right. But you're preaching a funeral, bro. Right. Don't get up there and just crack jokes. And yes. That I, I've heard some guys get a little too far down that road. of yeah, for just, sure. It, it, what are some other things? Well, I think that you've got to be careful to not preach somebody into heaven. Yeah. Everybody is sitting out there knows that person's life. Yeah. I, I cannot tell you I made – you want to talk about mistakes. I said I, – I, I guess that I had not known this person as well as I thought I had, and I had, I guess, essentially preached this person into heaven, and even the husband of the, of the deceased came to me and said, well, not exactly. Mm-hmm. This was afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you got to be careful. Um, so let, let's let's talk about that one. I think okay. this is a key thing a lot of pastors going to deal with. How do you handle a ser- how do you handle a funeral sermon for someone you know was not a follower of Christ? Yeah, yeah. I think I think you have to be honest. Yes. Um, without uh, without defaming the memory of the person, right. and without. At the same time, without just coming right out and saying, hey, they're in hell today, okay? Right. I mean, let's still we, – we understand that. We understand what the reality could be to that. Um, but I, I think that we, we need to be sensitive and then turn it – verbally turn this toward the gospel. Yeah. To say, you know, in giving the idea that this perhaps this person did not live with this reality of mm. Christ as their Savior, but that's that is the truth. That is the yeah. truth for all of that's us, right. and and um, and we yeah. and you need to preach that as as the truth. Yeah, I I, I think you've got to have a sensitivity there. You you nailed it in the funeral sermon. If you're preaching a sermon a funeral sermon for somebody who's lost. Don't get up there and say this guy is burning in hell right now, and all y'all are too. If you do what he did and right. live in the way he did, yeah. obviously, <laughs> you don't even want to get near that. Here's one one of the kind of the approach I took was: if I'm preaching the funeral for someone who's lost, I eulogize them, mm-hmm. and then I would never say this person's in heaven. You're right. We got to be honest. Mm-hmm. I would never say this person is in heaven. What I would then say is. Here's how you can get to heaven. Exactly. This is the reality of heaven, yeah. and this is the gospel which gives you eternal life. I would always be careful to never say, this person is in heaven. Um, and I, I think it. I think if we're honest, let, let's face it, it, it's kind of a temptation sometimes for a pastor to fudge on that one because it sure is a lot easier. And here's where it gets really tough is when – Based on the fruit of the deceased's life, mm-hmm. you do not believe this person is a Christian, mm-hmm. but his family thinks he's thinks a Christian. Thinks that they are. Yeah. That one's tough, but you got to tell the truth. You know, you and I heard a sermon today, actually, in which I thought there was a really – the pastor who was preaching gave us a really good thought. Uh, he was talking about a young man who had died in their community, and in his sermon, he said, uh, "You all, you all understand that uh, that this teenage boy was a, a good boy. He was well respected. He was loved. He was all those kind of things. But mm-hmm. that's that's not why he it, it, that's not why he's in heaven. Yeah, that's not why he's in quote a better place. Right, right. And and then he jumped to the gospel. Well, I think that you could you could do kind of the same thing, um, almost in reverse." 
uh, with a person who's lost, who did not necessarily lead such a great life, without defaming them, yeah. without yeah. without making this a just a lambasting of right. this person's life. Right. Uh, you want to honor a person, even if you don't believe that they were a Christian, um, and at the same time, with tact and dignity, tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're there in a funeral sermon to minister to the people that are in the funeral and to the family. Yeah, you want to bring people hope. Another caution warning that um, I had read about and I've heard people, I've heard pastors do before, and I think this is a good caution in funeral sermons, don't practice transference. Oh, and yeah. And by that I mean yeah. don't get up there and kind of live your life or tell all your stories. You know, the funeral sermon is not about you. That's right. Um, you don't get up there and say, um, uh, an example of that would be, this is a deceased person. They've died of cancer, okay? And then I take a big chunk of the funeral to tell about my cancer journey. Yeah. Or to tell about how my family handled the death of a loved one who have cancer. Yeah. Now, you could make a brief, you know, connection, you know, something that helped my family. But don't make the focus about you. Yeah. I'd still be cautious even about yeah. about making that that's, connection because yeah. what you're essentially saying is, I know how you feel. No, you don't. Yeah, that's right. You don't. So you got to be careful about transference. And and I, I think, too, you got to remember, in the funeral sermon, you are there to minister to the family, and you are there to point to the hope that is in Jesus. I, exactly I think right. it's all – if you're doing the funeral for someone who was a follower of Jesus, you share the gospel. You, but, man, you, you talk about hope. You talk about comfort. You talk about the reality yeah. of eternal life. You talk about that, mm-hmm. you know, this, this life we got in this corporeal shell right now is not all that there is. Mm-hmm. We have eternal life. We, we have resurrected bodies that are going to come – as Amen. a result of following Jesus, yeah. and I think every every funeral's got to be, um, it's got to be that's got to be an important element of it. Yeah, we're, we're going to save for other episodes doing a funeral for someone who's committed suicide yeah, or doing the funeral for a baby. Yeah, it's tough. Um, we're gonna we're gonna save those. I, I I would just say briefly here. You know, sometimes like with a funeral for a suicide. Um, I, I I really I really would visit with family about kind of the direction. Sometimes families want you to really talk about it, and they mm-hmm. one of the things they want you to say in that funeral is, I, I I've done a number of funerals for somebody who committed suicide. Yeah. Most of the time, the family said to me, "Our loved one made a mistake." Yeah, and we want you to say that to people so that they won't make a mistake. Right. Now, you're going to have to do that carefully and yeah. where you're not you're not like you said uh uh degrading, disparaging the deceased. Yeah. But um and and for a newborn, boy, you just you're talking about theodicy there. Yeah. A good god and some to say I, I guess sometimes I think we use the phrase the elephant in the room in a negative way. But when you're doing those really difficult funeral sermons like that, um, unless the family has told you to do this, um, sometimes I think it's just odd to have not addressed it in some way mm-hmm. in the funeral. 
Yeah. And you just have to really use a lot of discernment there, really visit with the family on those. Todd, I, I would also say this is, a, this is another reason why a pastor should have what I call these funeral sermon shells. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, I, I mean, I have a couple of outlines that I use yeah. of the 23rd Psalm. I have a mm-hmm. couple that I have of John 14. I have a couple uh, that I use out of like Psalm 86, mm-hmm. uh, some other places, because let's let's face it, funerals often happened when you didn't see it coming. Yeah, you know, and uh, and you've got a busy, you know, you're as a pastor, you've got busy things that are going on that week. You're not planning to do a funeral mm-hmm. that week. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to like a a, a tragedy, a suicide, mm-hmm. a, a baby, something like that, you have some pretty intricate things that you need to be thinking about. Mm-hmm. That's not the time for you to have to be doing, uh, coming up with a new right. a new right. sermon, right. a new funeral sermon. Okay, right. so it's good to think about these things ahead of time. Mm-hmm. There's to me, there is nothing wrong with. Looking at some of those, like those Paul Powell books, yeah, yeah. they're helpful. Um, right. One of our state pastors wrote a book on it. Jeff Moore uh, did some stuff with that. Uh, Mark Dance has done some stuff mm-hmm. with that. I, I think that we, you need to be prepared to some degree ahead of time. And what that will allow you to do is it will allow you to be much more personable, to, to mm-hmm. be on the personal side when the funeral comes and then be able to share the gospel appropriately. Yeah, that's good. Well, I think those are some uh, hopefully helpful things about funeral sermons. Such a rich opportunity for ministry and a rich opportunity to share the gospel. Yeah. Um, and we don't necessarily do altar call invitations at the end of a funeral sermon. Yeah. But I think many times it it is appropriate for you to kind of, in a funeral sermon, bring to the end um, an invitational quality to mm-hmm, it. Sure. Um, you know, today I've shared with you about how you can have eternal life by following Jesus. And, and perhaps, you know, you're here today and you have not made that commitment and hope that you will yeah. or, you know, I, I'll, you know, however yeah. the family becomes. The stark reality of death has stared yeah. you in the face That's today right. and you've come into right. uh, to recognize that uh, there is a finality to yeah. this and perhaps like like Bob or like mm-hmm. Jane yeah. who who gave their life to Christ perhaps you, you need yeah. to, to do that today um, and, and then you can have opportunity you know in the foyer or you know uh, good. wherever so. alright well that's another episode we hope this was helpful and hope that you will tune in for the next episode of Feeding and Leading this episode of Feeding and Leading has been brought to you by the Cooperative Program and Oklahoma Baptists. Visit us at oklahomabaptist.org or your preferred podcast platform. Oklahoma Baptists, advancing the gospel together.